1982. Air Florida Flight 90 was scheduled to depart Washington National Airport, which is now known as Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport. It was on route to Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport with a quick stop over at Tampa International. It didn't happen that way. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. On January 13, 1982, the Boeing 737-222, registered as N62AF, crashed into the 14th Street Bridge over the Potomac River. This Day in Weather History. It hit seven occupied vehicles and destroyed 97 feet or 30 meters of guardrail before eventually plunging through the winter ice and into the Potomac River. There were 79 people on board, including 74 passengers and five crew members. Sadly, only four passengers and one crew member, a flight attendant, were rescued from the crash and survived. I say that because of this. Another passenger, and whose name I want to mention because it should be remembered forever for his bravery, is one Arland D. Williams Jr. He also survived the crash and immediately began assisting in the rescue of his fellow survivors along with other nearby responders and civilians. But the water was cold and icy and he drowned before he could be rescued. President Ronald Reagan commended these acts during his State of the Union speech a few days later. Also among the casualties were four innocent motorists who were where they were supposed to be in all this, driving on the bridge when the plane crashed in. So just what happened? Let's start with weather conditions. On Wednesday, January 13th, this day in weather history, 1982, Washington National Airport, code DCA, was closed by a heavy snowstorm that produced six and a half inches or 16 and a half centimeters of snow. It reopened at noon, but it was still really lousy out. That afternoon, the plane was bound for Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. Its initial scheduled wheels up was set back already about one and three quarter hours because of the now backlog of arrivals and departures caused by the earlier temporary closure. As the plane was getting ready to finally take off, it started snowing again, and the temperature was a fairly seasonal but cold 24 Fahrenheit or minus 4 Celsius. With this in place, the de-icing was necessary, and this Boeing 737 was de-iced with a mixture of heated water and monopropylene glycol by American Airlines under a ground service agreement with Air Florida. You're probably wondering, why would we care about a ground service agreement? Aha! This is a huge player into what happened to the plane. There were rules for de-icing under this cooperative agreement, but as it was found out, the American Airlines employees did not comply with those rules. So now we have one de-icing vehicle that was used by two different operators, both who had their own interpretation of the mixture percentages to de-ice the left and right sides of the aircraft. This is life and death critical, and we have battling factions. People are allowed to have their own interpretation. After a thorough investigation by the National Transportation Safety Board, the NTSB, the actual determining cause of the accident was confirmed as pilot error. Listen to this impressive list of missteps. The pilots failed to switch on the engine's internal ice protection systems. You could have just stopped there, but no. They used reverse thrust in a snowstorm prior to takeoff. Why? 
it was too slippery for the tug to move the aircraft. That's a small little car that comes in and grabs it by the hook and pulls it around. There was a combination of ice, snow, and glycol on the ramp, and there was also a slight incline in the grade that made it impossible for the tug to do its work. Did the tug have chains on its wheels in the winter, even after the airport had been closed for winter weather? Nope. So the pilots tried to MacGyver a solution. In total contravention of flight manual guidance, the crew used reverse thrust in an attempt to move the aircraft from the ramp. All this did was blow the snow all over the place and likely contributed to its sticking to the aircraft. They even tried to use the jet exhaust of the plane in front of them to melt the ice. (laughs) I'd never heard of that before either. But again, in another contravention of official flight manual guidance, the crew attempted to de-ice the aircraft by intentionally positioning their aircraft near the exhaust of a DC-9 passenger jet. It was determined that this may have actually worked in reverse and help the ice stick to the wing leading edges and therefore blocking the engine's part two probes. Then they failed to abort the takeoff even after detecting a problem while taxiing and seeing ice and snow build up on the wings. This day in weather history. Tomorrow is January 14th and we are going to finally hit on that story that has been as hotly debated a topic as any we have covered so far. Did Toronto City Mayor Mel Lastman need to call in the military to help out the biggest city in Canada? Oh, and hey, don't forget that tomorrow's episode is also accompanied by a podcast video short that you can watch either on TV in Canada, on the Weather Network, or online anytime, anywhere you are. This Day in Weather History with me, your host, Chris May.